Today on Lifelong Learning, we are discussing Accountable Care Organizations, or ACOs. What are they? How are they structured? What benefits do they provide? And what are the potential pitfalls that healthcare professionals and patients should be aware of? I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and with me today is Dr. Bob Meinzer, Senior Director, National Education Strategy for the New Jersey Academy of Family Physicians. Welcome, Bob. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So let me start out with kind of the big global picture here. What is an ACO? What's an accountable care organization? Uh, Good question. Uh, A lot of people are interested in that. Some people think it's the second coming of managed care. And in many ways, it may look like that, but it is not. Let me start by saying if you've seen one, you've seen one. It, It began through the Affordable Care Act, which would put together a a group of uh, physicians, both in private practice or in connected to a hospital or uh, a healthcare network, so that they would take care of a population. In that population would be a patient-centered medical home approach where they would follow the patient in and out of the hospital, back and forth between specialties, and be responsible for the care of that population. It all began with Medicare. So let's say with the pioneers starting all over the country, we had them in New Jersey, they began to see if it would work from the point of view of could they provide better patient-centered care and at the same time reduce cost. And from the beginning, it looked like it began to work, and then it spread. So now we have all over the country two different tiers. We have Medicare-approved ACOs, and then we have some that have popped up. In New Jersey, for example, we have Medicaid, an ACO situation. If that works, that's a pioneer trial. So if, if it works in Jersey and a couple other states, I think you'll see that because Medicaid is probably as big a problem cost-wise as Medicare. Beyond that, there are pharmacy ACOs mm-hmm. that have popped up. So it's, it's very hard to describe yeah. one. It's evolving. So are, are these voluntary? Are they required? No, they're, they're volunteered. You, you have to get together and submit private practices. It began mostly with hospitals, but the private practices now uh, seem to be the center of it. They, they put it together with specialists and, and hospitals. So what we are seeing is something that is driven by revenue. There is an agreement with the government on funding the patients within the ACL that if you meet certain quality standards, you get a certain amount of reimbursement. So that's driving this probably more than anything else. So would you say that a fair description of a successful ACO would be one where high-quality care is being delivered, spending is reduced, and the ACO shares in the cost savings with Medicare? That's exactly how it works. Are these favorably met by organizations You know, is everybody on board or do they have to be uh, kind of pulled to the table? I would say there's a mix. The fact that they're popping up all over would lead me to believe that uh, this is a trend that's not going to go away anytime soon. And as you say, their goal is to have patient-centered care. 
and to have uh, standardized care and also to save money. Right. And so that that's the motivation, and that's the motivation from the top as far as the government, which pays for Medicare and Medicaid, but also from the insurance companies. So everybody's pretty much on board with the goals. Getting it all set up takes some time. There, there are skills involved that physicians necessarily practice in their office don't necessarily have. They, they have to have someone come in who understands the ACO concept and, and help them get set up because it's all data-driven. And you, you need to have electronic medical records so that you get a baseline. And then a year later, you report on how you were doing with the care that is focused on the 33 quality measures. Right. And we're certainly seeing that data come in more and more. And I, I imagine even though you, you focus on New Jersey, you really have a broad scope uh, expertise in ACOs. So are there geographic and demographic factors that influence the success of an ACO? I would say the ones that are set up right away are, are ones like Kaiser Permanente the, that had uh, integrated healthcare systems are already set up for this. They had no problem doing this. In New Jersey, we, we had some, particularly the Medicaid down in Camden, for example, uh, we have a set of clinics and a doc very involved in, in taking care of inner city patients, things like that. So to start from scratch, it's a lot easier if you've already had to set up. I can imagine. I can imagine. So... What are some of the challenges that you see in in a group trying to establish an ACO? I think the biggest challenge would be you have to get a group of providers who are on board with it. You have to get an administrator who understands how it works, and you have to have your hands on big data. You have to know what you're doing because if you're not reporting, you're not getting reimbursed. And you have to set up at the base of it the patient-centered medical home. Patient-centered medical home runs a whole thing. Once they come into the home, now you own that population, and you are judged on how you treat them. And the way you cut cost is to cut the duplication. They, they go to a specialist. You make sure they go and they come back to you. They go in the hospital. You make sure somebody sees them when they come back from the hospital. So it, it's being more efficient than it has been in the past. I imagine that efficiency, uh, sort of a Six Sigma or a lean environment, likely exists in those organizations before they jump in, or are some of them kind of uh, on-the-job training after they set up the ACO to figure out how to, to triage the patient and take them through the system more effectively? I think you have both. Uh, you have an integrated health care system, or, or you have a, a, a closed system like Kaiser, which employs all their physicians. It is easier for them, I believe, than, than to get individual practices together. But this is just a, a evolution of, of medical practice in general, that uh, the days of the single practitioner uh, out there on their own is going the way of the dinosaur. Uh, what's happening here is reimbursement is going to drive this. 
and reimbursement, particularly for family docs over the years, has, hasn't been all that good. Well, the overhead has climbed. So I, I think that motivation is there along with, uh, you know, the patient-centered approach that family docs will, will control the care of the patient. You're listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and with me today is Bob Meinzer, Senior Director, National Education Strategy at New Jersey Academy of Family Physicians. Bob, tell us more about the 33 measures that you'd mentioned of quality. Well, they fall into four separate uh, domains, and this would uh, absolutely differentiate an ACO from what was considered managed care. The first is the patient caregiver experience. And there are there are seven measures in here, everything from how long did you wait to get an appointment, which would be a big hit with the VA thing, and also how well did the provider explain your disease. So these are all kind of, I want to say, uh, soft measurements because the objective of the of the interaction between the patient and the doc. So in in some ways, docs will have to maybe upgrade their level of interaction with the patient in order to get good marks here. And, and maybe ACOs will do some of that so that, you know, it's user-friendly with what is being measured. Then you have the preventive aspect of this. How well are you doing with getting vaccines for patients, um, screenings, things like that? How about, uh, you know, counseling them on stopping smoking? Then you have the usual big ones, cardiovascular and, and diabetes. So there you want to control those patients. So the 33 measures are a mix of uh, good clinical care for the things that really run up the bills, the cardiovascular things, the respiratory things, the asthmatics, the COPDs. And then you have uh, the softer measures, the more personal interaction with the physician. And that's all part of patient-centered medical care. And, and if you do all of those things right, then the patient becomes more of a member of, of the team in, in treating themselves. And, and if all goes as planned, they, they don't get into the hospital or into trouble because they understand their disease better and they're more likely to follow the physician's recommendations. Where you see this in the next, say, three to five years? If you looked out today, what would ACOs look like? Initially, they were hospital-centered. Now they are more practice-centered. I guess that will continue. I can't help but believe that the pilot project in New Jersey uh, with Medicaid, even if we stop the increase or slow the increase of spending, will not expand throughout the country because every state has a problem paying for Medicaid. So I see not only Medicare remain, regardless of what happens with Obamacare, you you hear the politics of that, but what I see is that Medicare and Medicaid will eventually fall under this umbrella. There may be some changes. There are 33 quality measures that you have to hit now. Some will be added, some will be subtracted. But once you have Medicare and Medicaid in, 
and the private insurance companies are also running their own for-profit ACOs, that pretty much medicine will look like this. Interesting. Uh, is there a minimum number of patients required for an ACO to be accepted? There is, but not off the top of my head can I give you that figure. This is for population control. So it isn't individual patients who come in so much as the ACO is, is tasked with X number of people who form that population. I'd have to look up to tell you exactly how many. Right, but it's in there. Any apparent conflicts of interest of an ACO in terms of any of the partnerships that it must have, somewhere between the patient, the payer, the insurance side, the government? That may evolve, (laughs) but uh, I don't see it now. Practically, no patient pays anymore. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody, you know, uh, in the old days a patient came in and, and was seen and then, then paid. That almost doesn't exist anymore. Somebody else pays. There's concierge medicine, of course, but that's how it's going to be. And as far as conflict of interest, that that could evolve from the point of view of the insurance companies are probably going to pay whatever Medicaid or Medicare pays, and and that unfortunately could come down to the lowest denominator, you know, that if Medicare says this is what we're going to pay per, per patient. Uh, no one wants to say capitation, but to a lesser or greater degree you're being paid to manage a patient for an X amount of dollars. So the better you treat the patient, which differs from managed care. Uh, managed care was based on not spending too much money on the patient, but that was more for denying the patient services. This is all about making the patient feel like they're part of their care. So it's a totally different approach. Are there some resources that you could send our listeners to, any particular resources that give guidance on establishing an ACO? They exist. There are websites you can go to. There are actually firms that that can be hired who will take you step-by-step step through the process to set up an ACO. That's terrific. Thank you for that insight. So if people are looking for more information, they can certainly find it on the Centers for Medicaid Medicare sites, which is cms.gov. It's a good resource there. Yep. And I want to thank our guest, Bob Meinzer, for his insights. Thanks for joining us today, Bob. Oh, you're welcome. You've been listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton. You can download this segment on ReachMD.com or download the podcast on your ReachMD mobile app. Thanks for joining us.